Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another show, for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda series every single day, Monday to Friday at 9.30am UK time. To keep you up to date with everything that's going on in the world of Arsenal, always joined by a couple of guests. I'm very happy to be joined by Bailey. How are you doing, mate? Are you well? Yeah, I'm good, Tom, mate. Thank you. Good stuff. Also joined by Chris. How are you doing, fella? Yeah, good. Thank you, Tom. Good to be back on her again. Um, a little bit bored of the international break already. But, um, you know, just just counting down the days until the Arsenal are back. Yes, um, the international break is always uh, a challenge, it's fair to say, to, to get through. Good morning, everyone that's joining us and continually making this part of your day. Uh, we are, as I say, doing this Monday to Friday at 9.30am. Make sure you drop a like on the video and subscribe to the Arsenal if you haven't already. And do make sure, if you haven't, go and watch our interview with Mr. Sir Mo Farah. Uh, that came out yesterday and um, we've got some funny content coming out for you a little bit later on today and later this week as well so make sure you're subscribed for all of that content anyway there's stuff uh, that we need to talk about regarding specifically a newcastle takeover and how we feel about that and how it might affect arsenal bailey you're scared you're scared bailey are you scared <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's hard not to be worried because now we just have another competitor in the Premier League. I mean, we're struggling as it is to compete with the top teams and now it seems like there's going to be another one on the horizon. It's hard not to be scared. But at the same time, you have to be positive. You have to think we have our own model. We have youngers coming through the Hell and Academy. We have our own system, our own transfer market approach where we sign young players and build them up. So we might not be competing with Newcastle on the transfer market in that sense, but it's just competing in the Premier League. Now we're going to have another big team to fight to get in the Champions League places. I hope it's a long process for Newcastle. It won't be easy. So in the meantime, if we can really build a strong squad and by the time Newcastle, Newcastle up there, we are ready to compete. But we have to see how it goes. But I am worried, of course. It's hard not to be. Mm. Chris, are you of the sense that like you've listened to, obviously, what the likes of Amanda Stavely has said and things and thought they really are going to be gunning for taking that that top four and then even title challenges later on? Yeah, well, like I, I, I you said, I, I listened to the interviews of, and, and read the quotes that have come out from the new owners. And they're quotes that you'd expect to to hear from them, really. A, you know, a new takeover is what the Newcastle supporters will want to be hearing about their ambition to get into the Champions League, to win the Premier League and to be competing amongst the best. So there's no real surprise there. But um, But one thing is clear, they've become a lot richer and they've got a lot more financial power behind them now and they're going to use it of course they are they're going to going to try and use it to their, their advantage to like I say compete with uh, some of the biggest clubs around um, and that that's going to be their aim now moving forward and as Bailey touched on it is hard not to be um, a little bit concerned I think um, you know Arsenal are a club that's in transition at a minute in terms of the process and trying to rebuild I feel like we've been in transition for about a decade (laughs) unfortunately yes you've got a good point there Tom and you know it it just highlights how how slow things have been and and how much these things take time and now is it going to become 
even longer because Newcastle now have this financial power behind them. They're going to move ahead of us now and we're going to fall further behind. Mm. You know, that's that's my biggest concern. Is it going to take even longer now to compete with those top clubs, to, to compete with those teams who have a lot of money and uh, strengthen the, the the team with some top, top um, talent? So, um, yeah, um, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm pleased for the Newcastle fans because as Arsenal fans, we know how it feels to um, have someone in charge of the club we all love that we simply don't want here and that we 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 dislike um, and it's um, it can be emotionally draining it can be painful so I'm happy that the Newcastle fans have finally got their wish don't get me wrong but um, where does it leave Arsenal and where does it leave quite a few other clubs as well it remains to be seen but mm. um, you think uh, you think Stan Kroenke's got to up his game a little bit now because there's a new competitor in town. So um, it'll be interesting to see if right. things pan out. a straight face when you said that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen, but still. No, I know. It's, uh, look, with, with the, the comments where I sit with this is just a simple case of, as I agree with you, I'm happy for the Newcastle fans. They've got a lot of empathy from how we know and our own struggles with, with ownership. And they themselves have had some massive issues, been relegated a number of times down to the Championship and out to have fought their way back up to the top table but I'm not going to lose my head about like a massive amount of money coming in Everton recently have spent a lot of money too and and they're still very much a mid-table side right now and they've started this season well but they started last season well and ended up 10th under Carlo Ancelotti so there's no promises money has to be spent yes but money has to be spent in the right way and done well for you to succeed there's been plenty of clubs around Europe not just in the UK that have gone and spent millions and gone nowhere. I mean, do you remember that Angie in Russia that spent like loads and went nowhere? Like there's there's times that money's spent all over the planet in, in sport and unless it's spent the right way, uh, you, you're not going to go anywhere. So I'm not going to lose my mind just yet and we will assess and, and follow it closely. But I do expect Newcastle to obviously improve and, and be away from that relegation scrap that they seem to find themselves in every single season. Uh, there are other things that we need to discuss, of course, uh, around more specifically Arsenal, Bailey and we're talking about players that could yet leave. We are at the moment longing for the end of the international break, but the more that we wish the days away, the closer we get to that January transfer window approaching. And there are a number of players that could leave. In particular, one's quite interesting in following Balogun, been playing with the under-23s, was nominated for the Player of the Month for September with the youth side, has been promised more senior action, but found it difficult to get into the team because, of course, Aubameyang, Lacazette and Ketia are still very much here. Do you think a loan for him in January would be the right move? Not on the Balogun situation just doesn't sit well with me. I don't like it because we have two players ahead of him who clearly don't want to be at the club, Enketia and Lacazette. Now, I feel like Lacazette is a good enough player to be a backup and we should still keep him. But Enketia, I mean, I think Balogun should be ahead of him in the ranks. And we're seeing Enketia play ahead of him against Wimbledon when really, really, that is the best game for Balogun to show his talent and to show base, showcase his abilities. And we're not playing him. I think we're just leaving him in the under-23s. He signed a new contract. He's clearly our future. We fought, we fought hard to give him that contract and to fight off other clubs. So why not give him that chance? I think he doesn't need a loan move if he's a backup striker at Arsenal. But because of our situation, we're playing Enketia and Lacazette. A loan move makes sense now when it shouldn't be in the, it shouldn't be like that in the first place. Balogun should be the backup backup striker or the first striker in the squads in the in the Premier League squad weekly. He shouldn't be left out. But of course, now we have we're playing Enketia for some reason. Hopefully, he's signing a new contract if that is the case. Now we have to loan him out. We, we have no you say hopefully. Do you want him to? Do you want Nketiah to sign a new deal? No. Uh, no, I don't want him to sign a new deal. I prefer, I prefer Balogun. I think we mm. could trust in Balogun. I, I want to give Balogun a go. 
Where would you send him on loan to in January if you were going to send him? The dream would be a Premier League club, but I don't think he's he hasn't shown anything to go to a Premier League club because he hasn't given a, been given the chances. So I think it would be like a high mm. championship team, maybe just like who are on the fringes of playoffs, like Tammy Abraham did in the past, and maybe got that way because he hasn't been able to prove himself in the Premier League yet. Yeah, I can't think of really any Premier League clubs. I mean, even the likes of Watford are fully stacked in strikers. Norwich, you're going to see Timo Pukki play, play each week. The only one I would think of is maybe Brighton um, because they seem like they need someone to finish off their chances. But I don't see why he would pick it Balogun over Neil Mope right now. So it's it's a really tricky one. Chris, how do you assess the Balogun situation? Is he someone that you think needs this this loan to force his way into the first team next season? Potentially, yeah. I mean, you're not going to impress much and the fans aren't going to get a sense of where you're at if you're not getting much game time and uh, you know it's a similar situation to Martinelli we touched on that and the previous show and um, I think it really depends on you know Enketia and Lacazette's situation come January if their contracts still haven't been resolved and they're you know they're still heading for the exit door then um, the focus needs to be on shipping them out in, in my opinion before thinking about loaning out Balogun because he's just signed a new contract. He's still young. He's got a lot of potential. I know he struggled on that opening night against Brentford. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, um, you know, I think the whole team did. We can't really judge him on that on that one game when he came in last season, played the Europa League in particular. He scored a couple of goals, looked really good. So we know what he's capable of. It's a, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because he's one of those players that in the academy playing for the under-23s, you watch him and you think, no, he's too good for this level. And then we, we obviously give him that promotion to the first team. He gets a bit more, a few more opportunities and he seems to do, do well, but then he, he drops back out again. So there's there's got to be a decision made there because it can't continue like that because not only, you know, is it bad for the player's development, but, um, you know, it's, it's not really sending a positive message either. So it's got to become a point now where Arteta's like, right, well, if Nketiah or Lacazette aren't staying, then we need to sort out their futures, find them a new club. And then hopefully that then opens a slot for Balogun. So um, we'll have to see what the situation is come January. But as I said, if, the, if it hasn't changed much, then um, the, the focus needs to be finding him some game time because uh, it'll only just be holding him back and it's obviously not healthy for him. Yeah, I, I do tend to agree. I think that I, I agree with Bailey with the whole Nketiah AFC Wimbledon thing. I thought I was staggering. Like you've got an opportunity mm. to play this guy that's just signed a new deal and you're starting the guy that's refused any kind of contract extension at the club so far. That's I, I don't know if it's a tactic to try and convince him to stay or believing that he should be starting, but that was really yours. Like I want to back Arteta as much as possible, but he makes decisions like that and I just can't get my head around why you would pick and Ketty over a Balogun right now. I'm very much in favour of a loan for him in, in January. I don't think, if you think about it by that point, the only games he's really going to get a chance in is maybe some early FA Cup rounds. But even by that time, you're, you're talking about the fourth and, and fifth round if we're making it through and you're probably being matched up against teams that you're going to be want to be playing your first team to, to progress. The League Cup, if we reach the semi-finals, would be at the semi-final stage in January with those two legs and he's not going to play there. It would not. I mean, the only other argument against that is say that both Pepe and Aubameyang will be heading off to the African Cup of Nations in January, which 
could affect the, the possible game time. But at the same time, it's not really worth it for the whole of those six months that he could be getting week in, week out football at a senior level. So that, that's kind of where I would be at with that. Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box. Mark Sampson says, believe that he has a lot of talent, but still not ready for the Premier League just yet. Cup games and maybe on the bench with late substitute appearances. And Nasheed says uh, yes in regards to keep it or rather sending him on loan. Uh, Temi says yes, but a, to a good coach that would play and improve his gameplay. And I think that's what we've had obviously problems with in the past. And Ketty going to Leeds, struggled. Reese Nelson hasn't played a single minute of senior football so far. Aziz on loan at Portsmouth has only played one game. We need to be a little bit more astute with how we make these signings. Uh, but January around the corner and we'll see what players do leave. I do expect it to be more regarding outgoings than any possible incomings, but things can change very quickly. Our final topic of the day, before we get some questions from you guys in the chat box, if you do indeed have any questions, do throw them in and we'll get to them towards the end of the show. Uh, with the whole Jack Wilshere returning to Arsenal uh, in training and, and stuff like that, you, you kind of get this sense of, I wonder what that must look like behind the scenes. Um, but weirdly for Arsenal fans, we actually will find out what it looks like behind the scenes because we've got this Amazon documentary going on this season, All or Nothing, uh, reached the Arsenal shores, of course. And as the season began with three back-to-back losses, I was thinking, oh my goodness, like, this is going to be the worst. It could be an Oscar-winning thing for a tragedy, but beyond that it was a little bit concerning um chris we'll go in reverse order and start with you what are you most from this season now looking forward to looking back and watching more in depth in the documentary well it's a good question um i think it's got to be the the aftermath of the uh north london derby win um seeing the the, the post-match celebrations in the dressing room the act the reaction from the staff and the players um and uh, also looking how they how they um, sort of went into that game, what the idea was, the the preparation for it, uh, because whatever they whatever they done clearly worked. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to to watching that back and um, and uh, seeing how how the um, how that day panned out for them. Um, obviously, as you said, Tom, the the first few games there wasn't really much to well, there wasn't anything to cheer about um, or be happy about. Um, but obviously, since that that defeat at Man City, the, the tides have turned a little bit, and we've um, had an uplifting form. Uh, enjoyed a, some positive results. Obviously, climbed up the table a little bit. Got some momentum. Got some confidence within the camp. So, um, yeah, just looking forward to well, looking forward to all of the positive moments from the game, and we'll be skipping all of the negative ones, I think. Um, mm. Uh, but also, you know, looking looking forward to to seeing how the, you know the Jack Wilshere situation came about, um, and uh, seeing him back at London Colney talking to to the players and stuff. I think um, I think everyone's pretty pleased to see him back at London Colney, and you know, it is it's, it's, it's his sort of advice, his experiences is going to be valuable to a lot of the younger players in the team as well. Um, it's obviously a, a good good uh, face to have around the team. So um, yeah, it's it's, it's good. Yeah, I think that the news we heard come out the other day that about them following Granite Xhaka's recuperation will be interesting. I quite like, it's just from a personal perspective, I quite like looking into kind of recoveries, watching back the Hector Bellerin mini-doc that he created as well, seeing that from a, an Amazon production standpoint could be quite intriguing and, and how he responds to that and, and maybe getting into the mindset of Granite Xhaka off the field, which 
of all the players in the team, maybe he needs kind of a little bit more attention to, to kind of get behind the, the the hard exterior that a lot of Arsenal fans struggle with week in, week out. Bailey, what are you most look, looking forward to with the documentary yeah. so far? I just hope at the end of it, we have a trophy or something to actually celebrate because when I watched Tottenham's All or Nothing, they were celebrating like an FA Cup fifth round win and acting like they won the trophy. So mm. I for our sake because I think our biggest moment, of course, is the Tottenham game and the celebrations after that. But I don't hope that is the be all end or hope we do do something where we achieve something great or good that leads to trophy that like we can actually see the players celebrating properly and not look like a laughing stock almost. But... As you said, I think the Tottenham game is the obvious pick out or the Wilshire moment, but I'll say the Tottenham game because that was finally our change, our little shift to our heads have shifted that season to for positive, for positive results. So yeah, I'll say that I think. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna be interested to watch kind of the, the first part because it will include like the the manic end to the transfer window, um, and some of the likes of Tommy Asu and how that works and and so that that'll be definitely intriguing and getting ahead to the January window, me loving transfers would, would be really interesting to see all the, the inside workings of that. Because I remember watching the Manchester City one when they signed Demerick Laporte and they went really behind kind of the reasoning why they went for him and and it was kind of a spur of the moment. They desperately needed a defender and they were looking at players and so it'll be interesting. And that that part especially and maybe Joe Willock's departure involved in that but I can't remember how early that was in the window and if that will fall in line with when they started it but maybe that's something that we'll focus on the the other thing is to to think about with the, the Amazon doc is is how they kind of come from a fan perspective and if there's any kind of fan perspective in there if they follow through with the idea of, of getting more fan engagement fan opinion because Arsenal's so divisive amongst the fans and there's so much conflict amongst fans and opinions and stuff that how they integrate that and how censored it could be and, and stuff like that so we'll see how it goes that will be out towards the end of this season so probably April May time in 2022 maybe a little bit later than that actually because they obviously want to finish it but I can't remember did they do the Spurs one in two parts did they release it like in two sections I feel like they released had like staggered release dates i think so, so. Yeah, maybe think maybe they'll do something like that uh anyway we've got a few minutes left of the show which means we are going to pass over some time to you guys in the chat box and your opportunity to ask some questions so if you do have any um throw them in and we'll try our best to answer them bailey we'll start with this one for you mehul asked a really interesting one do you think that the idea of the super league could have protected big clubs in relation to teams like newcastle now being taken over with huge amounts of money, could have that Super League idea protected teams like Arsenal? I don't know what you mean by protect because it can't really because we it's just destroying the whole system. We have the pyramid structure at the end of the day and I think that would be destroying football as a whole. Yeah, maybe you won't have smaller teams coming and competing with the bigger teams, but that's what you want to see in football. You want to see small teams mm. having a chance to play. So, yes, it would protect the big teams because no other team would have an opportunity to break in the Super League, of course, but really we want to see... We want to see small teams compete with the big teams. So. Mm, very much so. Uh, this is an interesting one. I think, I'm think i glad I'm asking you this, Chris, because I saw you tweet about it the other day. Uh, Young House says, do you guys play FIFA 22? If yes, what do you feel about it so far? Um, well, that isn't a question I expect to, to pop up, actually. But um, <laughs> but but yeah, no, I've, I've got the new FIFA. I'm, um, I'm a keen FIFA player. It's better than... Uh, Better than Pez, put it that way. That's I had a bit of a shocker. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I've, I've I've enjoyed it so far. I haven't played too much, mm. um, but uh, I, I start I started my FIFA career mode the other day with Arsenal. Um, sold sold Lacazette, brought Isaac in or Isaac in up front. <laughs> bit of competition for Aubameyang. Um, still yet to sign sign a centre midfield though. 
Uh, so we'll have to sort <laughs> Even that when out. when you're in control, you still aren't signing a midfielder. Oh, just, just trying to get it right, Tom. Just trying to get it right. That's all. That's all. I'm, I'm, I'm evaluating my options. I tell you, if you were the if you were manager and all you signed in one window was a striker, the fan base would be like, "Chris out, get him gone." Don't worry, don't worry. Plenty of time left to, to rectify it. Don't worry. I sold Jacker oh, yeah. though. I sold Jacker, so I think, pa- I think a lot of I think a lot of people will be happy with that. Jacker, and you didn't bring in a centre midfielder to replace him. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Unbelievable scenes. Uh, I've not still in pre seasons. Fine, still in pre season. It's actually the first FIFA I've not bought. Um, I, I've given it up. I've said no more. I am no longer a FIFA player just because, from from one, my own mental health because it's just, just such a strain. Playing weekend league was one of the most stressful things I've ever done in my entire life, and I cannot commit any more of my time and just energy towards. I, even last season, like the last FIFA, I said I wasn't going to spend any money on it. I wasn't going to because I used to be like packs, 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 just buy bare packs. <laughs> but last the, year the, I was like, no. <laughs> the, the people who usually say all this st- stuff, Tom, are the players who usually aren't very good. Yeah, so well, just, I play you're trying FIFA to cover yourself up here. Still beat you, but it's, it is what it is. Oh, I'd probably, yeah, yeah, I'd probably, yeah. Can you get if you can get it on Game Pass, and I'll just download it just to beat you once, and then delete it again if you wanted to do that on the channel. All right, mate. All right. <laughs> well, I can't wait for this football funnies video to drop. Oh um, yeah, that's we all go. I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, let's jump to another question from Nasheeth, who says, uh, "Bailey, will Newcastle take over? Inflate the market even more?" It just depends how they spend. I think the first couple of years it won't, but we saw with PSG when they signed Neymar how that destroyed the whole market. If Newcastle spends similarly to that, then yeah, it will do. There's no reason why it wouldn't. So, but yeah, mm. I think that's I think that's a yes, no brainer. Uh, Chris Mark Sampson says, "I believe we have a good squad, but are missing a few key players. Do you believe our first eleven are good enough to compete with anyone else in the Premier? If not, who would? I don't know if we're asking Chris this because all he would do is bring in a striker. But go on, Chris. <laughs> well, no, I was I was just going to say like. My my transfer business on on FIFA reflects on what I think we need to do in real life. To be honest, I think I agree with Mark. You know, we've got a good base within the squad now, um, and uh, it's definitely strong overall. It's just a, a couple of positions that you know it just would just be the, the the icing on the cake for us, really. And I, I think that striker position and that centre midfield position in particular uh, are the two key areas. Um, we've obviously struggled for goals in recent times. Bamiang's Bamiang's getting on a little bit, um, and there will be a point where he's not he's not at his best anymore. Maybe we are starting to see signals of that. Obviously Lacazette and Nketiah that they look set to leave. And I just think that Thomas Party needs a stronger midfield partner, if I'm if I'm being why honest. didn't you buy one then? It's, <laughs> it's in progress, Tom. These things take time. Obviously. Um <laughs> But uh, but no, I think um, I think if we can can rectify that in the January transfer market, well, probably the the central midfield position in particular, because you know as we've seen, Granite Shack has picked up an injury, he's out for three months, and now all of a sudden we're a little bit short of options. Um, and then uh, potentially come the summer when Nketiah and Lacazette's situation have become more clear. Then we can we can go for a top class centre forward as well. So uh, that's what I would definitely be looked to doing if I was Edu and, and Mikel Arteta, the recruitment team, be drawing up a short list um, and uh, and uh, improving in those uh, positions moving forward. Definitely, I think once we've done that, then we're in a much better position. 
Uh, Pete Martin asked Bailey, morning guys, I think we should get uh, be getting reinforcements in the upfront area in January. It seems lacking right now. Agree? Any targets? What about Tony? I don't, personally, I don't like strengthening in the January transfer market. I think it's more panic buying. I'm more of a sign in the summer, get a player you actually want because players are not available in January, especially even Tony. There's not a chance Brentford would sell even Tony in January unless something crazy happens. Like, mm. but that's just not going to happen. And we're going to have to settle for a striker that another club didn't want and who are, they are willing to sell them in January. So I just wait until the summer, keep one of the strikers maybe, and then let them go on a free, but then strengthen the way we want to in the summer. It's what you're saying is Aubameyang is just not very good. <laughs> so we signed him in January. <laughs> true, true. But, but, of course, he was having beef with Dortmund. So Very true. I, very think, true. I think it's going to get to a position where we get we need to get a striker in who's going who's gonna to overtake Aubameyang, to be honest. And I think it's going to come to the point where Aubameyang's not the regular starter each week. Um, mm. we need to, you know, especially when I, as I know I keep saying when Lacazette and Ketty's futures are, are sorted, but that is, I think, key to what we do. Um, just put it this way. I think, you know, we can't put it past Arsenal given um, uh, Lacazette a new two-year contract or something silly. Mm. Uh, we've seen it with Granit Xhaka. And if we do that, and, and if Aubameyang's staying put, then I'd, we're probably not going to get a striker. That's just, you know, it's just how Arsenal work. So um, mm. I think the best way moving forward is getting a really top-class striker in who's going to provide Aubameyang that competition and, and actually take his place in the end because what Aubameyang's in his early early 30s now. As I said, we're probably seeing the start of his career maybe dropping and the levels dropping a little bit. Um, so, yeah, it needs to be sorted. We need to get that spot on, absolutely. Definitely so. Um, thank you, Chatbox, for your questions. Really appreciate you jumping in and joining us this morning. As always, you can find the show at 9.30 a.m. UK time, Monday to Friday, as well as plenty of other additional Arsenal content keeping you entertained throughout the international break. So make sure, if you haven't already, to subscribe. And if you have enjoyed today's show, please do drop a like on the video as well. I should take a second to thank my guests, Chatbox. Show them some love. Bailey, first of all, thanks very much, mate. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, everybody. No worries at all. Chris, always a pleasure. Good luck with uh, the uh, the season. And uh, obviously, I hope that you can bring in some reinforcements in the window. I'll keep you posted, mate. You know, when I become the actual Arsenal manager in a few months' time, you'll know why. Oh, oh. You see how I mean, both me and Bailey cringed at that idea. <laughs> very, very concerning. Uh, anyway, Chatbooks, thank you so much for tuning in, as we've said already. We'll see you on Monday for the 9.30am show again, but we have plenty of content coming for you over the weekend as well. Enjoy it. Uh, watch as much international football as you can muster, and we'll see you again very, very soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh, 